Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Vegan Food and Living Simply Vegan Podcast with me, Holly Johnson, and my co-host, Molly Pickering. Yep, it's the Holly and Molly Show. Each week, we'll be ranting about vegan news, raving about new food launches, and responding to your questions on all things plant-based. I also chat to vegan chefs, experts, and influencers about everything from fermented food and nutrition to weight loss, herbalism, and seaweed. Welcome to this week's episode, everybody. I hope you're all well this week. How are you, Molly? I'm very well, thank you. Not too bad. How are you? Good. I'm, yeah, I'm not too bad. I've been a bit affected by world events, I think. I mean, Mm. oh, it's just awful, isn't it? What's going on around the world with, you know. It's hard to see a light, isn't it? I know there's such a, I'm in such a privileged position to even say that, but yeah, it's just crazy. I don't, I can't even begin to start I've been um I've started following the plight of the Nowzad charity which I know a lot of people have have you heard about Mm -hmm. this no I don't think I have no so um the guy who runs the charity is an ex-marine commander and he was basically out in Afghanistan um mid-2000s um and a dog followed him home one day loads of strays out there loads of kind of abused animals and dogs and cats and donkeys and things so Uh um and he managed to get this dog um shipped back to the uk um and kind of rescued rescued the dog um and then lots of other um service personnel started saying i found this dog i found this puppy can you help so then he started helping them and yeah and then so he came to set up this charity um and they're stuck out there he's got 90 I think 97 98 staff and all these dogs and cats and donkeys so oh my gosh yeah so I've been following the plight daily he's been doing lots of uh, Facebook lives and things um and I as of um today I think they've all been cleared to come to the UK I don't think amazing don't, don't think the donkeys will be going anywhere but the cats and dogs and okay. um all the staff so yeah that's a good bit of good news anyway it is yeah I mean it's just a desperate situation isn't it and it's yeah you know, um, I just think what we just need to do as in the privileged position that we are in all we have to do is commit to giving whatever we can to refugee charities and you know food donations and stuff and just because it it's easy to feel helpless and I think we were saying this a few weeks ago with like you know the weather and stuff and there is absolutely nothing that you can do that but all we can do is just give what we have and even if it's a little bit it all mounts up and it's it's going to the people that need it the most yeah definitely if you go to the uh, government website actually there's 
um, there's a section where you can kind of put in your area and see what helps needed. So that's quite handy. Yeah, yeah definitely. On to the next bit of news this week. There's been a lot in the press about animal testing, hasn't there? Yeah. What's going on? I know. So we're kind of possibly about to take a step back because Britain has been sort of the UK has led the way in banning animal testing since 1998. It's mm-hmm. quite it's a really confusing area, isn't it? Because yeah. you've got the whole thing with China where products that could be created in the UK or by the lines are quite blurred, aren't they? And I think that that some of the products could say like vegan friendly, but they are tested on animals. It just means that the the ingredients aren't animals but they're still tested on animals so it's the lines of blood and it's something that I'm admit admittedly a bit behind on like I've not really done my research on it but I've this news has just sent us back again 20 years yeah I mean hopefully this won't go ahead um there's lots of companies in the UK sort of fighting against it you know it's the news that we're considering reintroducing animal testing for ingredients used exclusively in cosmetics so um yeah Boots, Avon, Waitrose and the co-op have signed a letter to Pretty Patel to rule out new cosmetic tests on animals um and the body shop as well. So, I mean, yeah. it's crazy. You know, why are we going backwards? <laughs> it's it's so unnecessary. There are so many steps that we've taken that we don't need to use those methods anymore. So why are we reverting back to it? It's just horrible, isn't it? And I know there's been a lot in the news about the beagles that are still being, um, oh. you know, used for vivisection in the UK. And come on, let's get out of the dark ages and move on. You know, um, there's there's so many um, new technologies now. We just don't need to be doing this. There's computer yeah. modelling, cell cultures, um, loads of different techniques, you know, science. <laughs> We've got science. We don't we need animals. <laughs> Do you know what? I think just what the most heartbreaking thing is, people are so aware of it as well and they just don't care. They're happy because it's, I think in their eyes, maybe it's cheaper or whatever. And they there's still so many people with the mindset of they're just animals. It doesn't matter, you mm. know, it's which is awful. Thing. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a horrible thing. Yeah, well, it's a really good point about look for the, uh, as well as looking for vegan friendly, which shows there's no animal products in mm-hmm. the product, such as yep. hun- honey or, you know, any sort of animal fats. Milk you also need stuff. to, yeah, you also need to look for the cruelty free symbol. Um, okay, R- reviews. Reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Last week we reviewed uh, Dopsu and I just need to quickly mention that I said they were only available on Amazon at the moment. They're actually available in Asda and Morrison's, which is amazing. So, oh, amazing. That's yeah, good to Yeah, really good news. So hopefully everyone will be able to spot those at a supermarket near to them soon. Yeah, go, go, go. Um, Sakla have launched a vegan tartar sauce and a vegan horseradish. Oh, much to my delight. Round of oh. applause. I really miss horseradish. Um, this is £2.50 available at most major supermarkets. What did you think of the sauces? So I have a little story. <laughs> I'm, I am obsessed. Tartar sauce and horseradish is my jam. I love it. Everything, every Sunday roast, slavered in horseradish. And the tartar sauce, I wanted to like make sure it was something special. So I kind of wanted to go and get like vegan fish and chips. Um, 
to try it out with because I know that I wouldn't be able to put it up to the mark. But anyway, went yesterday to go and get fish and chips. The shop was closed. Oh no, oh. yeah. It's weekends, oh. I guess. They're... I know. They said it on Google, but it's fine. It's fine. I'm <laughs> over it now. So I took this jar of tartar sauce with me and I ended up getting an ooey and was eating the, <laughs> the ooey with the tartar sauce. So what's an ooey? Have you never had ooey vegan? I've heard of ooey. Is it, yeah. it's a, is it a chain or is it just a, a takeaway it's place? Just, it's Bristol based. They have another location in London, possibly Brighton, but I'm, I don't know if I'm 100% on that. Um, so I wouldn't call it a chain. I'd say they've got more than one shop. Yeah. But um, yeah, they do. So what I had is nowhere near fish and chips, but it, like shrimp dirty fries. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it was good. It was so good. Uh, with loads of scotch mayo on it I'm going off the sack I think but I had the I had the tartar sauce with that and oh my god amazing delicious yum oh, I need to visit this place do they just do loads of different things like burgers and dirty fries and stuff like that but yeah loads of like the chicken burgers I recommend um I think they're gonna like start doing tacos as well and then it's kind of like all American foods like dirty fries shakes um tater tart gravy the lot delicious yum it was it cured my hangover I will say that (laughs) (laughs) I um I yeah I really like the tartar sauce I didn't go to those extreme lengths like you (laughs) however dedicated (laughs) dedicated to the cause um however I did cook a big roast dinner in the middle of summer to um enjoy the horseradish with and it was such a hit that pretty much the whole jar got used up by you know by four of us eating a nut roast um in one sitting so I had to go and buy another jar (laughs) it was amazing honestly I think it's one of the nicest horseradish that I like from memory as well like it was really garlicky I found it was lush it was gorgeous really yummy yeah definitely a a roast and a staple so (laughs) yeah I mean it's a little bit pricey I'd say 250 would you because it's a bit pricey but I love horseradish (laughs) (laughs) It, this is it it's not one of those things that you can easily recreate is it so yeah, we're, exactly. we're kind of at the mercy of someone else making it for just us just do it if it, I, I'll take the hit on that yeah and yeah, the tartar definitely. sauce I'm crap at making tartar sauce so yeah yeah I think I've had a go at that before I feel like that's easier somehow because it's like capers and stuff isn't it whereas mm, I'm unlikely I, to be grating horseradish and yeah, I did. I did the tartar sauce myself once, and it just didn't. It wasn't good, and I no. feel like I'm quite good at sauces, but I just didn't do it. Didn't yeah, slap quite the same. Well, yay, <laughs> yay for condiments. Um, Wicked Kitchen have got loads of new products coming out. Oh my god, they're just churning oh, them out so quick. It's crazy. I went today to because I'm going away tomorrow. Um, just to get some snacks and stuff, little nibbles. And they've got loads. They've got like loads of new pretzel pieces, loads of new crisps. Crazy. They're doing bits. Yeah, it's quite incredible, actually. Um, Derek's, old, old Derek Sarno's obviously Old Derek is doing it, doing it for the vegans. Keep it coming, Derek. Um, yeah, so we tried the, the new double chocolate cookies. I think these were available as giant cookies in the bakery section. Now they're yeah. available. Yeah, they are. Yeah, in the biscuit aisle. So these are 125. And I'm not a particularly like sweet tooth kind of mm. person, but oh, these were really good. 
They were good. Did you get the chocolate orange ones as well? No. <gasps> I got chocolate orange ones. That's so unfair. I got chocolate <laughs> orange and double chocolate. It's because they know how much I like food. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, but I had to share them with three other people because uh, even though, like, you know, some of my household isn't vegan, they still really they enjoyed them, which is a good, good sign. So it was, I think, the, I'm not rubbing it in. I'm so sorry, but the chocolate orange ones were the best. Oh, were they? <laughs> they were delicious. Like Terry's chocolate orange, like, oh, everything was good. Mm. And I was tempted to put them in the microwave, but... They weren't like too crisp. They only get like packet cookies and they're quite hard. Yeah. But these they had a good balance. It was yes. nice. Sometimes they're um they're not sort of gooey, are they? Sometimes they're a little no. bit dry and flaky. But I found yeah. like these were like the perfect balance in between mm. the two. Um, do you know, talking about chocolate orange, I tried um Galaxy vegan chocolate orange. Are you only now doing this? Are you only now trying it? <laughs> yes. What? You've had it before? In the long bars. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, you need to come back to Bristol. I know. I'm in the sticks here. <laughs> I've had the other. I've had the other ones, like the, uh, ca- the no. sea salt. They sea have the sea salt, salt, sea salt and caramel one. Yeah. What's the other one? Cookie crumble or something. So I've not tried the cookie one, but yeah, they have got that, and then possibly another one, but I can't remember. The chocolate orange one is so good. Yeah. Yeah. I was- I'm a big chocolate orange fan. Oh, I'm behind the times. <laughs> just come to Bristol for a weekend and I will just, we'll do a live food test. Okay. <laughs> I'll leave like three stone heavier. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, brilliant. <laughs> Okay, well, next week we've got loads more reviews, um, some amazing pickles that are available uh, in supermarkets now and I some new vegan cheese. So keep an eye out or an ear out for that. Um, <laughs> We've got a couple of listener questions this week. And if you'd like to send any to us, please email me at simplyvegan at anthem.co.uk. We really do love um, to hear from you and to hear what you think of the podcast and hear, you know, any questions that you have, any struggles about going vegan or staying vegan, um, you know, don't be scared to uh, ask us. First question this week is, I'm really struggling to give up eggs. Any tips? Um. I can think of a few things here. I think sometimes when you're really struggling to give something up, you need to almost go back to why why you do you want to go vegan? Yeah. And if you then kind of learn about where the eggs come from, what they are, yeah. um my a friend of mine calls them chicken periods, which <laughs> Was I didn't know why those made me laugh. I'm such a child. <laughs> well, they kind of are, aren't they? So yeah, that that was it for me. I mean, never again did I want to I feel eat. Sick. Yeah, I'd never not the again. periods are sick, but you know. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Um, but you wouldn't necessarily want to eat them, would you? So, <laughs> so that's a good one. I'm not quite sure this is the advice you wanted, but I'm giving it to you anyway. Um, and also that you know the male chicks aren't needed, so when they hatch, they are either gassed or ground up alive, which is horrid. Um, and yes, that's in this country; it's it's everywhere. So, yeah, that's those are sort of two really good reasons to stop eating eggs. Um, and then, you know, egg replacements. Well, God, there's so many things you can do now. I mean, you go to Wagamama, they've even got a, um, a boiled egg, a vegan boiled egg, isn't it? I know. Or is it a fried egg? It's one of the two. I think it's a boiled egg and a rain. Yeah. 
oh there's so much I think like you said if you've there's got to be a balance isn't it of reminding yourself why you've done this and the step far and maybe depending how it is you slowly wean yourself off other people you know they struggle more than others and kind of be like one day a week and then you could be like right okay this week I'm not having any and then you realize that you don't need it there's so many other amazing things um is it crack just crack or just at a cracked yeah cracks with an apostrophe instead of the e I think isn't it which yeah. is like- I think Just Egg is an American brand, but that they're, they're very good ones. I've had the crack myself and it's really good. Um I made like a scrambled egg or an omelette and it was delicious. It was oh, really- did you? Okay. Yeah. Um I I mean I make scrambled tofu all the time. Um we, we've talked about this before on the podcast, adding nutritional yeast, turmeric. Um you can also yeah. add if you want that sort of flavor of egg, which is like a bit sulfuric, isn't it? Mm. Um add it, I think it's Carla Namak black salt, isn't black it? Salt. Black salt. My boyfriend is a pain for it. He when we first got it, he'd put it on everything. <laughs> really I was just be looking at him like what are you doing <laughs> did he not realize that it was no he wanted to do it like he knew what it was and I I didn't even question it anymore I just look at it and I just said don't don't put it on mine <laughs> oh bless him yeah you can get it from kind of health food stores can't you yeah I think um yeah kind of like independent ones that's what we kind of got it from but or obviously online um but yeah that is really good for me scrambled tofu with turmeric I don't I don't know why it doesn't I don't like it that much so I just kind of put um I make it more like chivy and um I put a little bit of like vegan cream or a little bit of milk in just to kind of give it a bit of creaminess but that's also like a good another alternative yeah I'll tell you what I tried a vegan egg and cress sandwich from Marks and Spencer's recently and that was lovely and that was made with tofu and I think cannellini beans or something like that amazing so it's just thinking about how can you get the same texture and the same flavor yeah um and obviously with baking there's loads of different replacements if you just kind of you know there's articles on the vegan food and living website isn't there about egg yeah, there's replacements. Loads. i think we've just yeah the uh, recently there was quite a big one now and um it was like the ultimate guide of vegan eggs and it's so useful yeah so you can use things like flaxseed chia seeds all mm-hmm. sorts so on to our next question i'm confused about soya is it bad for us and the planet or not Oh my goodness, this is this is quite a big topic. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I feel like it's quite a a hard one to crack. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's quite complicated, as with lots of things. Um, so it's not a quick answer, but I will try to answer this um, as briefly and as in depth yeah. as I can. So, <laughs> first of all, is soya bad for us? Well, no, it's not. It contains all eight essential amino acids, which are protein building blocks. Um, it's a rich source of omega-3, it's cholesterol free, um, it contains antioxidants, B vitamins, it's you know, it's good for you in loads of different ways. The the phytoestrogens, which is what has caused controversy, are in such tiny, tiny, tiny amounts, they've been proven to not cause any problems for humans whatsoever. They're estimated to be between a hundred and a hundred thousand times weaker than the estrogens that occur naturally in humans or in cow's milk so let's just you know forget about that 
controversial um, misconception, basically, Mm -hmm. that misconception that uh, soya is going to cause you fertility problems or hormone problems. That's actually not true and it's been disproven. Um, And then there's the good old, oh, well, you vegans are hypocrites because you eat loads of soya and soya is killing the planet. No, (laughs) actually, um, and if you head to the Viva website and uh, Vegan Food and Living, there's there's articles on this, but uh, over on the Viva website, um, it states that meat eaters actually consume way more soya than vegans because three quarters of the world's soya is used for animal feed. So when all this land (laughs) and deforestation is taking place, they're clearing the land to grow soya to feed the animals, not to feed the vegans their veggie burgers. Um, You know, there's way, way more animals than us vegans. Um, So, yes, that is what's causing deforestation. Um, And a very tiny percentage of soya is actually what goes into making things like tofu, soya milk, soy sauce, things like that. I'm literally learning as you're talking. I'm loving this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> well, this is what you need to arm yourself with, don't you? Because when you first go vegan, people throw oh. these things at you. And I remember it well. I remember actually my brother doing it to me. And I was so passionate about going vegan. And I'm there telling everyone what I've learned and not trying to shove it down their throats, but just going, wow, this is amazing. I've learned this. It's just sharing, this. isn't it? It yeah, is. It's just and sharing information. I think that's so like, that's so exciting for everyone as well. But exactly. unfortunately, you do have the odd few that are like, well, did you know that? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it, not everyone's going to be excited for your newfound information and (laughs) your new journey um they are going to throw kind of things at you off the cuff that will leave you feeling you know this big and uh like you've actually got it wrong yeah make you question everything but I think at the end of the day do what you believe is right and people just need to keep their opinions to themselves yeah so soya is okay I mean obviously a lot of um soy products are highly processed which we should Mm -hmm. generally avoid Um, I know we review lots of processed vegan options on the podcast but you know these are designed to be either transitional foods for people that are wanting to cut down on meat or you know occasional convenience products so that you know every everyone has the odd Friday night where they're thinking I I cannot face cooking tonight so um you know they do serve a purpose so yeah you're off on holiday tomorrow aren't you Molly I'm on my holidays I can't wait where are you going um so basically I can't really say because my boyfriend's in the next room and he doesn't know but we're going to Wales but that's it (laughs) I hope you get some sunshine oh me too Next up, I'm chatting to Vanita from Labante, London, who talks about the leather industry and the exciting new fabrics that are being used to make vegan accessories. So don't go anywhere. Keep listening. Okay, hello, Vanita. Thanks for joining us today. Um, really looking forward to chatting about all things vegan accessories. How are you? Amazing. Thank you so much, Holly, for having me. Oh, it's a real pleasure. I'm so excited about this conversation today. 
yeah, I'm really excited to kind of get behind the scenes of your uh, company. Um, so how did you come set it up then? I, I think it's a great story, um, Holly. I, and it goes back a little. So when I was 18 years old, um, let me actually rewind that. I'd go back to like 13. So I would work in my uncle's um, factory and in his offices where he would supply clothing to the top brands in the world. And I fell in love with fashion at a very young age. I was in, you know, I was a teeny tiny teenager and um, I, I, I loved the beauty and the aesthetic of it. But it bothered me with the amount of waste that I also saw. So I knew from a very young age that I would be running a fashion business. Um, but, the, you know, a lot of uh, steps in my life, a lot of events in my life also formulated uh, to where we are in Levante, London today. Because by the time I was 18, I would uh, walk to university, I would pass a butcher shop. And it was a live butcher shop. And for though, if you don't know what that is, it's a cage full of animals with a hacking counter on top. And God forbid, every time I passed and a customer came to the shop, the butcher would take his hand, he would put it into the cage and pull out, in this case, a live chicken. Oh. And at that point, there would be a unanimous shrieking like squawk, which would fill the air. And it was only silenced by the hack of the butcher's knife. So the sights, the sounds, the smells, it was too much for me. I went vegetarian overnight. I went wow. literally, I, I dropped all eating meat. I couldn't deal with it. Where was that? That was when I was 18. It was, um, it was in India. Right. And, and by the time I um, grew older and I actually um, studied and uh, studied business in America, I knew that when I graduated that I wanted to set up a fashion business and I knew it had to be cruelty free. I knew it had to be sustainable because yeah. those elements were already in front of me and they were so strong. Like I could not look the other way. I had to be true to myself. Yeah. So where did you start then? So you were working in, in another in sort of career in banking <laughs> and then, <laughs> so how did you do it? Did you kind of do it alongside working in your old job and then slowly grow it? Yeah, I wish I'd done that. <laughs> um, it's a really good question. So, you know, when I graduated from um, school in America, it was straight after 9-11 and there were really no jobs. And my uh, uncle's business that, you know, who, which ha which really had grown. But there was a point in time when the quota systems were uh, abolished. So a lot of uh factories with really high quality production went out of business because China played the market with really cheap goods. Yeah. And uh, that business shut down. So there was no family business and my family became quite anti-fashion actually. Right. Um, so I landed up after school. I, the only job I, I got, I got a job in banking. I took it great money. Yeah. Uh, no sunshine, no time for myself. No. <laughs> that's the payoff trade-off isn't it right exactly but then I realized for the hours I was working and the amount I was working I might as well be running my own business I literally yeah. took all my savings I I put all those bonuses aside and I put all that money and I started Levante wow. um I was pregnant with my daughter so I mean that was how I I it was completely bootstrapped basic starting from scratch 
uh, kind of. Uh, Did your uncle help you because he knew kind of how to run a fashion yeah, business? Yeah, it was anti the fact that I was starting in fashion because they knew how hard and competitive it could be. Yeah. Uh, but I guess as they saw me grow and saw that I'm not leaving and I'm like still at it and persevering, they all sort of came around to support me. Yes. Yeah. Good. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. He's one of my biggest supporters today. Yes. Oh, bless him. So, I mean, what, how do you go about sort of sourcing, um, you know, ethical, cruelty-free, vegan accessories? I think that's a great question. It was really hard when I started out because I started out quite early when there was no social media buzz around sustainable cruelty free i mean yeah. i went into department stores and buyers would laugh at me and they would say why do you want where do you see it placed i see i, I see it placed next to all the beautiful designer bags and they would be like but only the only you know faux leather bag or the fake leather is in that corner and they're all black and peeling and ugly yeah <laughs> you know? yeah so i was trying to break into a market which really did not exist so i had to create the market for myself and that meant that the quality had to be top, top notch it had to compete with the leather handbags it yeah. had to look beautiful and I needed to have that craftsmanship yeah. of, of the leather bags because people had that mindset and they were so fixed on having, yeah. you know, that. So, it, it, so we really had to travel. Uh, what's happened also is that due to the travel, we found great technologies where people in different parts of the world, because of the trade shows, we met, met a few people. They're making vegetable leathers out of vegetable waste. Uh, we met. Um, you know, apple leather where they're making actually apples uh, out of literally apple waste. In Amazing. Italy, they use main, mainly apples for juicing and then the leftover product is then mixed with some recycled materials, some cotton, a little bit of PU and then you have a beautiful hard-wearing leather. Yeah. So we've had to really research uh, and it's something which is we're constantly looking into and we're always driving to find more innovative products and that's something which is extremely important to our brand Um, so yes it's not been easy and luckily for us the technology technological innovations have been uh, so good that today there really is no dearth of material I mean from now there is pineapple leather there's cactus leather Um, there's a gentleman who contacted me he's making lotus leather and I think this is amazing because people really have the right mindset and they're trying to um you know really drive forward with technology so that's yeah it's a funny one leather isn't it because I I know an awful lot of people who are vegan now and you know very very passionate about animals and sustainability however some of them will still buy leather so maybe fill us in on what is so bad about the leather industry so we can all kind of (laughs) make the decision to ditch the leather. I think what the main misconception is, is that people think that the leather which goes into their products is a byproduct of the food industry. Yeah. But the reality is that it is not. And all the television advertising and the marketing, what has been filled so far into people's ears is that it's a byproduct and the reality is that the handbag industry and the shoe industry and the leather jacket industry all of these industries are so big that it cannot be a direct byproduct they actually are farmed um, and they're killed animals are killed specifically to make products uh, like bags and shoes and jackets and uh, various other um, leather items yeah. so 
And the problem with that is, is that it's not necessarily done in the right conditions with the right level of um, uh, empathy for the animals. Uh, and regardless of uh, what people might think, it's scientifically proven that even cows are such sentient beings that they cry when they're um, parted from their baby calves, yeah. even just for milking, for milking industry. And they know when they're going to the slaughter. Um, so for me, it, it's never been <laughs> a question. Yeah. Um, snakes in Vietnam are skinned alive for their skin and they're left in the sun to die without oh. their skin for, and they, it, it takes them about 48 hours to die. Oh, I, I don't think that, uh, and we all know that large, um, very premium brands, which sells for, which sell for thousands of pounds have been in the news for crocodile farming in Africa, specifically for their crop bags. We all know this. And the only reason that a lot of the, couture brands are dropping fur is because of the negative association associated with that. And what that's left to is it's no longer a positive ROI product, which is why these companies say, oh, we're being sustainable and cruelty free and we're going to not use fur or, you know, so it's, it's all a marketing gimmick, quite frankly. It's funny, isn't it? Because fur is so sort of, um, you know, everyone's so anti-fur, yet with leather, it's still an animal skin. I think a lot of people don't think about what it actually is. And when you sit down and think about what it actually is, you think, I don't want to be, I don't want this on my body. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's horrid. So yeah, it is a, it's a strange one. Um, what about vegans that already own leather? So I have, for example, a pair of leather shoes that I had um, before I went vegan about four years ago. Um, and I, yeah, I'm sort of, sometimes I'll put them on and it feels wrong. Other times I'll be like, oh, I'll just wear them. You know, what do you think? Is it okay to wear leather you've already got or buy secondhand leather or should we just be? I think it's what you're comfortable with. And I think that's individual to individual because the animal is already dead. I mean, I don't, I don't see the point of it being wasted. Yeah, uh, I'd rather somebody use it uh, and get some uh, uh, some use out of it because I don't think it's right that, you know, an animal's been killed. The products when purchased has been made. There's no choice. But at least when you're forward looking and a lot of people don't realize this is that they go vegan, but they don't actually think of all their choices. It's like a slow process. First, yeah. they think about the food and themselves and then they go um, think about fashion, which is why it's really been, um, you know, an incredibly upward journey for um, sustainable uh, brands like us. But I think as long as the that the individual feels comfortable uh, and, you know, even picking up secondhand, it's still secondhand. It's been used. It's pre-owned. I think it's fine to give it a further life. Yeah. Um, and, and somebody use the product. Uh, for me, it's all about, uh, you know, cre- using your product for as long as possible. So that's yeah. actually the way we design our bags. Also, we try to make sure that the craftsmanship is such a quality that we're able to, the customer is able to use them for a longer t- time than um, other products yeah because when I first went vegan I would stop I stopped buying leather products um, of course you know if you need a new bag often you're going to somewhere on the high street and they're made of plastic so everyone would be saying to me oh but you're now you know using something that's unsustainable and isn't going to last and is going to end up in the bin so 
Yeah, that was a tricky one for me. I, I would like to really talk about that. Yeah. Because I think that's a very important important point you brought up and not many people realize that most of the high street uses PVC and PVC is pure plastic like the whole earth it's not biodegradable it's the most harmful um, um, product the whole planet will um, if it explodes one day these PVC bags will be floating in space they're not going anywhere just to put it in perspective (laughs) but the if if people read um, the uh, you know the composition of the uh, bags properly, they should say that they've used PVC. Inside, there are usually labels which say what the content is. If you find a product which uses PU, PU is biodegradable. It's There are vi- a bacteria in the Amazon rainforest, and basically, it can be completely broken down. PVC cannot. So there is a difference. Large brands who call themselves vegan and sustainable, who say they care about the planet and the animals, use PVC. So it's very important for people to actually think about and understand and research the brand that they're buying from yeah. before they buy it. Because I, I find it quite hy- hypocritical when um, people say that, you know, they're cruelty-free and then they're harming the planet. Yeah. So it's something we pledged against. We don't, we don't uh, use PVC. And um, just so that, you know, it, um, the cost advantage of using PVC is based, uh, versus, or even versus PU, it's four times cheaper. Right. So the margin, it's all about the margins. So that's, these things need to be looked into. So yeah. it's better to buy uh, um, PU or other alternative leathers. Like, the, like I explained, there's so many options like cactus leather, co- um, apple leather, uh, definitely look at more alternative, more environmentally friendly materials. Yeah. And presumably they're going to last a lot longer as well. Exactly. With, with the plasticky ones, sometimes it sort of wears and then that's it, isn't it? You kind of yeah. throw it to the back of the cupboard and... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that there should be a ban on that material. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah. What about the effects of the leather industry, um, in terms of pollution? I think mm-hmm. I've read before about the the dyes that they use that are really harmful. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So what they use is they use something called chromium. Chromium has very high levels of mercury. It uh, causes poisoning in the body. And all of that, they have to wash the leather in those materials. So even there, it goes into their bodies. It goes into the people's bodies. It goes into their hands and legs. And then they get washed on local rivers. So it pollutes the whole river. Um, I would say that the leather industry is one of the worst industries uh, possible just in terms of pollution. And it's genuinely unsustainable so if somebody is telling you that this is a sustainable leather bag please forget about it because if somebody is telling you you know you're using plastic I mean (laughs) they've not created less um, uh, less damage to the environment really by using leather and that's the unfortunate truth so the best option would again to be looking look at these premium alternative leathers um, or you for that matter yes so they are more expensive aren't they Yes, because the technology is so new and it's very, very innovative. So the thing is, because of that, the and it's not being white, it's not being used in such a widespread way. They're not, they don't have that cost. Yeah. They've not been able to cheat. It's the same thing like polyester. So virgin polyester is much cheaper to manufacture. So China manufactures a whole load of it and it goes in like a couple of P pence right. uh, versus recycled plastic bottles which is basically recycled polyester is more expensive 
crazy. At least three to five times more expensive than the virgin polyester. So brands who are ROI conscious, and most of them, 99.9% are, use the cheap polyester. Whereas well, the right thing to do would be to save the landfills from all those plastic bottle hoards yeah. and use recycled polyester. Yeah. So it's really up to us to vote with our wallets exactly. and, exactly. you know, invest in these slightly more expensive products because yeah. they're going to last and they're much better for the environment. Exactly. Um, do you ever think we'll see a world where animal leather isn't used anymore? I hope I live to see that day. Yeah. I hope I, I hope I'm still around. <laughs> I genuinely have uh, full faith and confidence in humanity. I think that we as a whole world and a planet are progressing in the right direction. Because frankly, Holly, even when I started, there was not so much consciousness about sustainability or cruelty-free. I started when it was completely like, there was no understanding of that concept today there's a huge buzz around it and the millennials and the younger generations are driving it because they're actually uh, they realize the amount of level of damage that's happened to the environment and they are very conscious about um, issues which are impacting the planet and my hope is with the younger generation quite frankly we need a million Greta Thunbergs basically yeah we we do (laughs) really do uh, my daughter's 15 and she's been vegan for nearly as long as me now. Um, and she mainly buys secondhand from charity shops, which is good. Yeah, And it's the same with my daughter. My daughter is 11 and she also sort of is vegan. She doesn't get enough fucking money to go buying anything, but, <laughs> but she has that consciousness yeah. uh, of, of sustainability. Yeah. What tips would you give to anyone wanting to start being more sustainable with their fashion? Um, I think first is definitely research the brand that you buy from. Like you said very rightly, uh, Holly, what were the words you used? They vote with their wallets. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's, <laughs> I, I think that will really help the sustainable brands gain momentum. Uh, the sec- Because it's very important because like you said, the younger generation, sometimes they don't have enough money to purchase the more expensive items and there is a bit of that pull and push yeah the and this is one of been one of our brand's biggest challenges how could we how can we make our products cheaper the problem is when we use recycled polyester versus virgin polyester that we use the same craft uh the work you know workmanship as the leather factories the cost is just that much higher yeah so even if you're buying you buy less but you buy them still from the sustainable brands if it's more of a treat but then it also lasts longer yeah and and i think this the the other element is you know um just just be more um conscious make more conscious of you know not only your purchasing patterns as to what even talk to about your friends you know so that sort of spread the word about sustainability because that's how it spreads right um you know there are great movies coming out now like seaspiracy which really talk about how unsustainable fishing has become yeah um and i think it's very important for even parents to sort of watch I saw this movie with my 11-year-old daughter and she held my hand through it, just to oh, put it in perspective. <laughs> so. 
<laughs> but that's you know that's the level of engagement we all need yeah. and we all need to come together and really spread the word yeah it's hard with so much sort of awful things happening in the world at the moment with Afghanistan and COVID yeah. and you know and now obviously the IPCC report that came out about you know red alert for climate change it's, um, it's sometimes a bit overwhelming isn't it and I think the danger is that people kind of think oh I just can't cope with all this and kind of stick their head back in the sand but we need to be mindful I think and keep talking about it and keep the momentum up because you know we are running out of time aren't we to to sort of yeah. try and put right yeah. what we've done to the planet Absolutely. And I think the younger generation are more environmentally conscious. I, what I actually heard the word environmentally anxious as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, from, from one of the uh, millennials I work with. And I thought it was very interesting. But the reality is that the consciousness of sustainability and cruelty-free has risen not tenfold, like 20, 30-fold already. Yeah. People are much more aware of um sustainable choices available they they know that they exist whether yeah. you know, they, i mean that consciousness is spreading so i have complete hope that the future looks uh, sustainable and cruelty free yeah good we like a bit of hope on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much for chatting to us today for anyone who wants to go and uh, take a look at your accessories uh vegan leather handbags and purses and things like that head, head over to the levante website yeah, it's levante.co.uk if you're in the UK or Europe and it's levante.com if you're in America. Fantastic. Thanks, Vanita. Thank you, Holly. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with a friend or leave us a review on your platform of choice. Um, We're back next week where I'll be chatting to Olivia DeLima, who is up for Best Newcomer at the National Television Awards. She's a, a vegan actress on the set of Casualty, so she'll be sharing all her experiences with us. Um, in the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Simply Vegan Podcast and at Vegan Food Living. 